Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona, and we're back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, where we have four lines available, and Julia back here smiling. Give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares. If you're doing something different at foam, have a different idea for us, we'd love to hear from you. Plenty of styles, lots of things to grow here in the desert. And we'll get to Elaine first, but after Elaine, like I say... Four open lines, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Elaine. Happy Sunday, Brian. To you as well. On my way, you're my fa- one of my favorite times of the week. On my way to church, I have to drive quite far, but I get to listen to you guys. <laughs> we have Okay, fun. question one. I have a um, beautiful apnea plant. You with the little pink flowers, it is, it's trailing down. It's just beautiful. How can I keep that alive this summer? Um, it should be fairly easy. It's not going to take real hot west sun well, but aside from that, that's fine. Do you have it growing in the ground, I take it? No, I have it in a pot, a large pot. Okay. And uh, I can I have it on the patio right now, but I can I have two sisal trees in my garden area. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe I could even put them under there. Well, they're not going to grow with too much shade, but, you know, we call that hearts and flowers, and it's a pretty easy plant to grow in a container as long as it doesn't get afternoon sun. It should last all summer and be fine. Uh, Yeah, I could do that. perennial, fairly nice ground cover. And the other thing is you, um, I ended up uh, planting two poinsettias. I talked to you about them earlier. Um, They're in two, they're one in a five, they're in five-gallon buckets. Mm-hmm. They're blooming. They're doing beautifully. But what now do I do? <laughs> well, <laughs> just enjoy them for what they are. Just keep them in the in the containers. The, the biggest uh, threat to them are white fly. Um, you know, poinsettias yeah. are about as hardy as hibiscus. Uh, you know, a little more cold, you know, tender than a hibiscus is. Will take about the same okay. amount of sunlight. So, in the right soil, like on a southern or eastern exposure, they should do well. But uh, you will yeah, have to watch for the white flies. I know that's my biggest. That's last year, you made me dig all my gardens out and rest them. <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a good way to thin out the white fly population. Yes. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I did, and uh, this I so far nothing this year yet. But we'll see. Well, that's a good thing. Well, Lane, thank you. Have a nice. <laughs> have a nice morning at church. Thank you, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Uh, bye. Bill and Tempe. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning, Brian. How are you doing today? Excellent, sir. Good. Hey, got a few questions. Okay, so I've been redeveloping my whole backyard, and I've been going down to your southern location and buying stuff from you guys now for a while. So a couple questions. Um, I got a a Mexican lime and a Lisbon lemon from your your Mesa store. Or I'm I'm sorry, from your uh, South Phoenix store area. Mm Mm-hmm. So the the lemon, they're both planted, um, dug big holes. What should one, what should I be watering? And then two, um, the lemon tree looked like it dropped a decent amount of leaves. I don't really see much new growth, but they've only been in the ground now for maybe 
three weeks to a month. Okay, so make sure you keep the trunks wrapped. Okay, stay protected from the sun. Uh, watering, uh, where are you at in Tempe, Bill? Uh, McClintock and Elliott. Okay, so you got pretty good soil, so watering fairly heavy once a week. So you, know, you want to give them probably 30 to 40 gallons of water one time a week. So that it goes down, leaches everything around. And then you can go ahead and start to fertilize them right now. And you can give them a dose of miracle Grow or citrus food, just a light dose once a month. And, and they should grow their fastest. But they should be flushing some new feathers and coming out with some new growth with this weather. Uh, you know, 100 degrees is ideal temperature for citrus, especially with 70-degree nights. So we should have flushes and new growth coming out. And uh, that's where we want to make sure they have a little bit of something to grow on. So, uh, you know, a light shot of fertilizer once a month would be ideal. So that was question one. The other question is, um, I just I planted some asparagus crowns, mm-hmm. and um, that's the weirdest plant I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, it looks like it almost, you can almost watch it grow. Yeah, it's asparagus. <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden you walk out, I'm like, you know, it's like, it's like, Catch them. So how how long now? I mean, they. I, I think uh, they say basically you shouldn't probably do anything with them for the first year. Let them just kind of, you know, leaf out. How long will they keep sending out roots? I mean, or shoots? Will oh, they're, they do they're, that they're, the they're going to grow all so? summer. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll continue to grow. Okay. But what you okay, want to so. do is you want to build inertia and mass in your asparagus bed, you know. So you want to let them grow into this giant thing, you know. It's like cousin it over in the corner, and uh, that's what asparagus do. And and then you can cut them back this winter and start harvesting some. How, how tall do they usually grow? Oh, they can go five feet. Oh wow! Okay, did not expect that. I those, put those, a, those, don't those, laugh. Those. I I bought some great plants for you guys too, and I put them behind it, and I'm like. That might not have been the best. Ah, dogs of, and cats living together. It happens. You know, it's not a big deal. The grapes. Yeah, are yeah. <laughs> it's a little late now. They're already planted, and I'm not going to move the grapes because I know if I move the grapes, they're going to be dead. So, well, this time of year, they well, you fifty fifty chance. But anyway, uh, I'm not going to. Yeah. So build, like build, build an arbor up over the top to support the grapes, and you'll have a, a fun, you know, combination there, and it won't be a problem. Just yep. you want to build some structure and support for the grapes, and if you'll do that, take the grapes up out of the way, you'll be fine. Cool, cool. Yep, and uh, yeah, and then the last thing I got, I got some. I was over there the other day, and they they sold me on some kind of a weird grass bamboo style plants that there's only like three of them they're actually really really cool so we'll see how well they do i cannot remember their name i'll probably have to take a picture and verify what they are well no problem but uh yeah i i went to my friend ted yesterday he's my my vineyard man you know and ted grows grapes and after we finished a grafting class we went over to his yard in gilbert and uh his grapes are truly amazing you know he grows grapes everywhere and he's got you know bunches of flames that are hanging down 18 inches that are just beautiful so grapes do really well here asparagus does really well here and as far as them living together as long as you'll take your grapes up taller they'll be fine well, um, I got my I got a friend of mine coming out, and oh, so I'm going to build when I build the trellis. Does the trellis matter if it's metal? I mean, no, will not at all. No, the, the heat's the not, no, no. The grapes grow so fast, they'll cover the trellis. What I would do, you know, with your your combination that you're having, is probably put some large posts in that would be say you know a minimum of eight feet tall, and then you could if mm-hmm. you wanted to, you could just get like three foot wire and run across the top of that. And you could run your grapes up, you know, with some wires tied individually in between, and um, and then have something kind of like a trellis on the top, and or you could just run wire strands with like a galvanized wire 
across the top of some posts. And, uh, you know, grapes, the first year aren't going to grow as fast, but once they kick in, stand back, they really do grow fast. Okay, so then they'll they'll basically kind of outgrow. They'll grow the height higher than the. You can raise them up. Yeah, you just have to keep them trimmed away from the asparagus. The asparagus is going to bush out and get crazy too. Uh, What side of the grapes are the asparagus planted on? Uh, The uh, grapes are behind the asparagus, so basically, it's uh, they're getting like full sun right now. They'll get sun about eighty percent of the day. So it's like a south facing wall. That'll all be fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a south. Yeah, exactly. It is a south facing wall. Yeah, so. it'll, it'll be your it'll be your European garden out there. You'll have a good time. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping. And I mean, my neighbor decided to take all of his plants out of his yard, so I decided to add more to mine. <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> you, you, you can grow your grapes over the wall and share them. They'll be fine. There you go. Cool. Okay. Um, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bill. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Tom and Gilbert. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Yes, sir. Hey, do you guys have any uh, sweet potato plants, or, or can a guy grow some out of the potato itself? Well, you can grow some out of the potato itself. I mean, the ones that we grow now are just the ornamental ones. You know, it's called a pomia, and we we sell a lot of that as a landscape plant. Are you looking for just? Are you trying to grow the potatoes, or you're trying to grow the? You're trying to grow the. I'm foliage? trying to grow the potatoes. Okay, so you could take sweet potatoes. You're not going to find any plants, you know, sets of sweet potatoes to plant, but you could take potatoes if you want to and just cut them up, you know, and separate the eyes out and plant those, and they'll grow. Where's a good place to buy organic sweet potatoes? Well, I don't know if you're going to find organic. I mean, the, the stores that we deal with that sell the most organics are Whole Foods and Sprouts, and they kind of specialize in more organics than the other grocery stores around town do. And we, you know, sell our lemons to both those. But I'm not sure that you're going to find organic sweet potatoes, but I wouldn't be that concerned that they're organic anyway. Okay. I was just wondering. I thought maybe the uh, had to be organic to keep them Clean or whatever. No, no, they're just washed. You can find sweet potatoes and just chop them up and plant the eyes. And, you know, you could take one sweet potato and make 10 plants out of it if you wanted to. Hey, you have a good day. You may find. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Bye bye. Oh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we got a line open. The number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTAR. Something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Being drawn, nobody's right if everybody's wrong. Young people speaking their minds are getting so much resistance from behind. Every time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. What a field day for the heat A foul 
thousand people in the street Singing songs and carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Well, welcome back, folks. A beautiful Sunday morning out there. Looks like the lines are full, so we'll get right to the phones. Uh, next up, we have Aaron in Phoenix. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. How are you? Excellent, sir. I got a couple of questions I think they might be related. I got some oleanders uh, in uh, in my the front of my house. Uh, I think they're they're really sick. They look to be like uh, having some like broccoli sprouts. Uh, and then I have a silver dollar eucalyptus who has uh, some sprouting branches that look to be sort of similar to what the oleanders have. Okay. Uh, the the leaves are very long. Uh, are, well, their leaves are pretty long and skinny. They're not they're not uh, round like the leaves on the on the tree. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you might know anything well, about that. I I would look at to see what kind of herbicides have been used on the property, Aaron. Um, whenever okay. you're getting that stunted growth, there's uh, some like ortho products out there that say they're supposed to you know control weeds for like periods of time like ninety days, six months, and those kind of things. And they're very, right. they're very toxic to these plants. So when, when you spray uh, these in the soil, they go up in the plant system and they stop the growth. The good news is it only lasts a year. The bad news is it lasts a year. But there's really not a cure or a way to clean it up. It doesn't leach through the soil well. This product really probably shouldn't be sold. And when you look going forward in the future, just just use glyphosate, which is the old original type Roundup. And uh, okay. it's a contact herbicide. It kills the weeds. Or you can put down a pre-emergent to stop the other things from growing. But what you've got, you've got toxicity from a herbicide. And the only thing that's going to cure its time. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I was wondering if it was sick or something because well, they both have similar growth. Yeah, no, it's just they're, they're having and being affected by the herbicides you've used to keep the weeds out. Oh, wow. I'm, well, that's uh, uh, some information that I didn't know about. Thank well, you. we're trying to share it with everyone because some of these products, you know, you, you just any product that says it's going to kill weeds for any extended period of time is going to be toxic and very poisonous to plants, period. You know, and there's nothing that you can put on that either you can use a contact herbicide, which kills things. You can be a, use a pre-emergent, which keeps things from germinating. But if you're looking for any long-time and long-term controls, there's chemicals like Pramatol and things out there, and they all create problems. These newer, you know, ones that they're doing seem to only last a year. Some of the old ones, like Pramatol, would last six to eight years and really cause you problems. Okay, well, thank you. I'm going to pay more attention to what I'm putting well, out there. Well, you know, and the problem is is that, like, the glyphosate and the Roundup-type chemicals, they get such a bad news that people are afraid of them, but they're truly much safer than anything that says it's got a long span. All right, well, thank you so much for the info. Thanks, Aaron. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Jerry and Tolleson. Morning, Jerry. <clears throat> Morning, Brian. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. First off, real quick, uh, make sure that when people plant their uh, grapes, don't put them on chain link fence, please. <laughs> like I did, a hundred feet of it, and 
<laughs> Makes the pruning yeah. a little tough, does it, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it yeah. makes the pruning a little tough, but boy, those grapes will sure cover the fence fast. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, another tip of the week is uh, to uh, compost your yard waste. <clears throat> I do mine very efficiently. Uh, I take this... Uh, Wire mesh, you know, that they use for concrete uh, reinforcement. Uh-huh. And I make a big circle. Uh, I cut it down to two and a half feet high. I take off two rows of the mesh. Um, I make it the size of these uh, swimming pool, these child uh, swimming pools, uh-huh. uh, the bigger ones. Uh, and I use that for the top, and I make it exactly the same size. <clears throat> and then uh, I line it with uh, black plastic or whatever material you have. And you know what? I can put all my grass clippings in there. I have a half acre, and I get a lot. But <clears throat> you just water it once when you put it in, put the cover over it, and just leave it. And the stuff breaks down. In six months, you have... Uh, usable compost. <clears throat> that's beautiful. Well, Jerry, that's a, that's a nice it. that's a nice design. I like that. Yeah, it's neat. You know, you can uh, just tuck away in a corner <clears throat> somewhere. Uh, never flies. No, there's no. You know, the biggest thing I know. <clears throat> I get these uh, big fat grubs, which I guess are good for fishing. <laughs> Um, as a side product. Uh, anyway, that's well, Jerry, uh, the tip for the week. Pre- appreciate it. That sounds like a great tip. And uh, you know those grapevines that I can I can see where they would really frustrate one, especially if they weren't your own when you had to cut them out of the chain link fence. And uh, you know they do oh. need to be cut back every year to have nice grapes. So that that's the, that little tight grid is pretty tight. Thanks for the call, Jerry. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Neil in Scottsdale. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, Brian. First of all, thank you for your show. Very informative. Got two questions for you today. First is I have a lantana. It's a red lantana. Normally blooms proliferously, and it's just not blooming. It just stopped blooming for some reason. Uh, We had to have the pool redone, and I don't know. I can't find anything where they bothered it. But it just—it's not blooming the way it normally does. Well, you know what? Look at the end of the growth and see if it's—if it's still—is it still growing, Neil, or just not blooming, or is it not growing? Uh, the sides of it appear to be growing, but uh, the blooms just aren't there. It's like they're drying up. Well, take a look up close. There's some insects that are kind of destroying the buds on some of the lantanas around town. And the best chemical for treating those guys is spinosad. And it's actually a very safe chemical, you know, comparison to many to use. And uh, I think you might have some insects that are actually stopping the growth. And that spinosad spray will, will knock the knock the critters out. So you might give that a try. Okay. Second question is, how far back can I cut my roses at this time of the year well, without you harming them? You don't want to cut them back so far that the wood burns, you know, unless you wanted to shade them. So you could cut them back further if you wanted to throw a piece of shade cloth over them for a week or two and let the buds pop out. But, you know, our days are much longer now. You know, the difference is is that, you know, in the wintertime we're cutting back roses is the shortest days of the year, and we're rolling into the longest days of the year, so you're likely to get more, you know, burn 
burn this time of year on the wood. And if it burns the wood, it can hurt the roses. So, you know, thinning them back, cutting them back some to, to get nice new buds is, is great. But if you cut them back too hard to where you expose the wood, that's when you're going to cause damage. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Bill and Mesa, then Chris and Chandler. Then we've got three open lines. It's a great time to give Julia a call. She's back here smiling. Number to call, 602-277-5827. Hi, Bill. Hey, good morning, and thank you very much. And real quick, the tip of the day, did he say put a pole? Uh, plastic pull cover over top of his compost pile. Well, what he that? was doing, he was building out of the, of the metal mesh. Okay, so he's got the frame. Okay, I understood that. And he, yep. he's building the size to fit those plastic child play pools. So they, actually, the pool itself, gotcha. he's just flipping over the top and uh, yep. making a lid out of it. You probably the only thing different he didn't mention. You might put like a, a wire on each side so it doesn't blow away in a monsoon. But it sounds like a great deal. And, uh, you know, Jerry's been a friend of mine and a, and a gardener and done maintenance and, and landscaping here in the Valley for a long time. Longer than I have, over 50 years. And uh, pretty darn knowledgeable guy. Hey, that wasn't my question, but that was great because mine always dries out. And I don't put plastic around my sides. And I've been doing it for years. But there's a black cockroach comes out of there when I uh, go to throw it all in my garden. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cockroach, but they are thick in there, whatever it is. So whatever they're eating, they're eating good. Well, my main question is beetle too. Probably that's what it is. My main question is: I used to for years on my flood irrigation. I got an acre here, and Mm -hmm. I'd pull up those uh, what do you call them, bullheads or sandburrs Mm -hmm. for years. Well, it got away from me. I got a bunch, too many. What do I do? Boy, I'll tell you what. You know, mechanical removal is still probably the best for those guys. (laughs) You know, the the reality the reality is is that there's not that many plants. You know, when when you get out there and they're starting to spread, but you know, every if you can catch them before the seeds dry, before the plants dry, you're removing all yep. the seed at the same time. Um, this Correct. Department of Agriculture one time back in the '60s, you know, released a uh, an insect that was going around that was basically feeding on those goat heads or the on the seed nice. itself, and that hasn't yep. been done for years. But we really don't have the problem. I don't know if you grew up here in the valley, but you know, back in no. the '60s and early '70s, those were the nemesis of life. And we like to run around the desert barefoot, and there was only one thing that would get you, and that was it. But the best way to remove those is mechanically. Uh, Usually you don't have that many plants, and just go out and pull the whole thing, because all the seed comes out with it, and and, and dispose of them. Yep. Okay. One other question, and uh, I haven't got any fruit off this for years, but I did for about four years, and that would be my almond trees. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they come to seed and everything, but I just I, when they get the uh, seed pod and everything, I just don't get any uh, fruit out of them anymore. You know, some of the all- that- almonds do bear somewhat here, okay? And they, they, we've always okay. sold some, like the all-in-ones, it's different varieties of almonds. But down by our farm in Hyder, my neighbors, um, you know, they put a test block in with about 50 trees, all different kinds of almonds. You know, and, mm-hmm. and there's nothing useful in that orchard, you know? When you look compared to California, that's how well the almonds yep. do. You can grow almonds here, and you're going to get some fruit. But you're not going to get a, a very big amount of crop here compared to other places. It's just not great almond not country. Yep. So if you have a little time after your show, we can pull bulldogs. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> well, very much. Those guys are <laughs> appreciate yeah, it. Just get get the ground a little wet and pull them up and get rid of them. But if you don't, you know, there's once they dry, they're a real mess. 
I know. I did it for years. So thank you very much. Thanks, Have a man. great day. You too. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. It looks like it's time. We're running into news time again here. That's right. Uh, here at. Uh, KTAR, we are a news station. We have one of the best news staffs in town, and we have Patricia Valencia with us in the newsroom today. So we're going to find out what's happening for Patricia while we're gone. We do have, uh, looks like three lines open to give Julia a call. 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. my favorite songs from childhood. I try to usually go with a theme here, but I was just like, you know what? I'm going to play this song on the radio. If I had a million dollars by Bare Naked Ladies, and if I had a million dollars, I'd be in Hawaii right now. <laughs> you know, it was kind of fun this morning. Uh, Julia asked me if we had a theme, and I said, ah, you take a look at it. <laughs> So I guess we're themeless, but a great song, Julia. Anyway, back to the phones. Let's see. We've got Chris and Chandler. Morning, Chris. Morning. Hi. Yeah. My, my question is, uh, when's the best time of the year to plant uh, Palo, Palo Verdes? Today. Today. Today is oh. the best day of the year to plant Palo Verdes. No, it's the perfect time to plant desert trees. So whether you want to plant Palo Verdes, mesquites, ironwoods, any of those kind of trees, and you're going to plant one from a container tree, this would be probably the ideal time. You're going to maximize the growth. It's going to root fast. You know, it's our first week of 100-degree weather, and they love it. Great, great, great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Susie in Tempe. Hi, Susie. Hi. Can you hear me? Very clearly, Susie. Very clearly. Uh, okay. couple of questions. Um, I had um, was wondering how long does it take to leach Roundup out of the soil? Well, Roundup wants to hit the soil. It's fairly inert. And that, that's a good part about glyphosate salt. So why do you, what, what, what are you concerned about leaching it away from? Well, I had had a... a um, Oh, a large shrub, and and um, it. Um, I sprayed it with the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and it was Roundup. Okay. So I actually 
killed it. So I took it out and, and I thought, well, I'm just going to see what I can do. And I put some and I thought, well, this is probably a really bad idea. I planted tomato mm-hmm. plants. Right. And one of them, which is large tomatoes, mm-hmm. it looks good. But then I bought a tomato plant that said they were large um, that they were the large cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Well, they're just barely bigger than an olive, and not even that. So they're smaller than that, actually. So I didn't know if there was something in the soil that was causing that one to do so poorly. No, you probably just have a mislabeled. You probably got a sweet 100 instead of a giant cherry tomato. It was probably mislabeled um, when you bought it. Um, while okay. Roundup you know, does have some residual in, in the soil, um, it's not going to have the problems that will be lethal or change your plants like other chemicals will. So, uh, it, okay, it, so. It, it's one of the safest herbicides you can use. I did not know that. Well, so it's safe to eat the tomatoes. It's safe then. to eat the tomatoes. I mean, it's you know oh. you can't use it in organic gardening. You know, for example, on organic orchards, we can't use Roundup or glyphosate at all, and it does have some oh. residuals. But as far as you know, causing you the problems, it would be one of the safer things that you could have. And as far as having harmful effects on you, it wouldn't. I mean, in conventional gardening, it, it's used in conventional farming. It's used extensively uh, because of it. It's, it's a use, hmm. you know. So it's it's really a, a quite useful chemical, and I for, the, for you know for your instance, I don't think it'll create any problem for you at all. Okay, well, I was just worried that it contaminated the soil. So okay, well, and, and, I just and, was unless you're going to certify something organic and sell it to someone else, I don't think you're going to have a problem. <laughs> no, I I don't plan on doing that. And and then just one other question. Um, we have um, lots of weeds in our grass, and I've tried pre-emergence. I've done uh, the the weed be gone, I, and I just can't battle this. So Do you did, have any did, did, did you plant a ryegrass winter lawn? No, I did not. Okay, here's all you have to do to get rid of weeds and grass this time of year, is you want to make your lawn healthy. Is it an old lawn? Uh, extremely. Okay, do you That's, have flood irrigation? I, I've been here... 30 years, and it's on a sprinkler system. Okay. So what you might want to do, if you want to get your lawn the happiest right now, this is the time of year that Bermuda grass will actually take over and choke out and kill most all of your weeds, okay? So really? you really want oh. your lawn to be healthy, go out and rent an aerator, okay, and aerate your lawn, and that's going to cut little plug holes in it so that it drains better. Oh, okay, and, like wearing your golf shoes. Yeah, only a little okay. bigger <laughs> diameter, but the same idea. And if, and if you want to go dancing and have a dancing party with long spike golf shoes go for it but you're going to get more out of an aerator um at any rate so so get your aerator fired up go out there and poke some holes in it put some gypsum on it you can get the little granular gypsum or pelletized gypsum put the gypsum on top of it okay come back and fertilize Mm -hmm. it and if you want to build up its health for a long time what you would use is like a um malarganite type fertilizer it's slower release it's organic nitrogen and it'll help build your soil Put that on it now, okay? Is there a brand name for that? Yes, it is Malarganite. Would you spell that? M-I-L-A-R-G-O-N-I-T-E. Okay, Malarganite. And it's... it's, uh, it's. 
voluntarily available. Um, but anyway, if you put some malarganite on it, okay, and then kick in the water, a good watering cycle for a lawn is an inch of water, you know, about once a week, but you can check check by your screwdriver and make sure it's going to stay wet. But once a week, it should be fine. And then stand back. If you'll do those things, your Bermuda grass will grow and start to fill in really fast. Well, it kill it out. Well, I used to have property with irrigation, and I never had a weed in it because the Bermuda grass just was thicker than seeds. Well, and, and the Bermuda and, grass will do that with your sprinklers as well, but when you run oh, your water, okay. put on an inch of water, so your sprinklers, put a capturing device, tuna cans I like because they have straight sides, put a tuna fish can out there till it's full of water, shut your irrigation off, stick a screwdriver in the ground, make sure you're getting that you know inch of water because that'll go a foot deep, do these things to help build your soil and stand back. And what'll work quicker than the Malarganite is just 21714 lawn fertilizer. So if you're one who's a little more impatient, use that instead of the Malarganite. But either way, if you get that lawn healthy and happy this time of year, it'll choke out virtually every weeds with healthy Bermuda grass. Okay, so I guess that means be clear. You put the gypsum down first. Well, you're going to aerate it first. Put the gypsum and down. Then, okay. And then you can come back okay. with either the 21714 or Malarganite. Either one is going to do fine. And and make sure you water with an inch of water so it goes a foot deep and, and it'll, it'll come right out. This weather's perfect and it's a great time of year to be real proactive on your lawn. Uh, okay, so when you do do that, you, you how often do you water? Well, after you tell how often in? you water by putting your inch of water on and taking a screwdriver out and pushing it in the ground. When the ground's dry, it won't go in the ground. It's time to water again. But for most lawns, that's going to be about once a week this time of year in the summer. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks, Susie. I'm going to give that a try. Well, thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. EJ in Peoria, good morning. Uh Uh-oh. EJ. EJ, I'm going to put you on hold because it sounds like you're having phone problems and we'll come back. And Tony and Scottsdale, good morning. Hey, uh, Brian, good morning. Hey, uh, so a couple of things. Um, I just want to tell you, one of my favorite plants that I have in my backyard is a Mexican petunia that I bought from your place a year ago. I just love that plant. It's freaking gorgeous. I love the purple blooms on it. Um. So uh, my next thing is that uh, probably because I, I got them at Home Depot and I didn't get them at your place, I'm trying to grow a couple of sunflowers that I have on a west-facing wall, which I they should be able to get plenty of sun and grow, but they're but they're dying on me like they're getting too much sun or something. What do you think about that? Well, they're probably not getting wet enough, Tony, and you should have planted them back in March. You know, the west side of the wall is kind of rough. You'd have better luck if you want to plant them from plants this time of year on the south or east side. But the west side is going to be a little tough getting them started. Had you started them early and they've been built up bigger by now, they wouldn't have the problem because they'd be protecting the wall in themselves. But starting them now, I, I would do them on the south or the east side. All right. Okay. And then just one last thing. I did regarding lawn. I just I'm going to redo it today. But just just out of curiosity, like about a month ago, uh, I scalped and fertilized and reseeded my front yard with Bermuda. But it was Bermuda that I had in my garage for like about a year and a half. Does does that does that Bermuda seed will it die over no, time? No, it's fine. 
you know what? But it wasn't really okay. warm enough. But right now, it's perfect time to seed Bermuda grass. It takes nighttime temperature over sixty degrees for it to germinate. You know, we've had kind of that roller coaster of temperatures, but trust me, it's plenty hot for it now. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to reseed today. Hey, Brian. As usual, thanks so much for for all your help. Have a nice weekend, Tony. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with uh, uh, EJ is going to be up first because he's he's trying to get back in. Ronnie, Paula, and then we have two lines open. Uh, give us a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Brian and Julia here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Welcome back, folks. This is beautiful Sunday morning. Want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started by my grandparents back in the 40s, continue on today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 264070 Southern, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530, Sundays, 10 to 4. No Job's too big, none's too small. Whether you're looking for a beautiful little rose bush or maybe a rock rose, or perhaps you're looking for some tropical things like mule palms or maybe more desert. Maybe you want to do a saguaro or an ironwood tree. We grow beautiful citrus. We have great palms. We have fantastic uh, selection of desert and, and shade trees. No job's too big. If you need one tree, if you need a thousand, come out and see us, especially if you need a lot of big date palms. We've got farms of big date palms growing right here in Arizona. Whitfield Nursery for four generations growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have EJ in Peoria. Hello, EJ. Hello. Can you hear me okay? You're loud and clear now, EJ. <laughs> okay. Thank you, sir. Hey, look, I have two questions. Uh, one is, is it okay to cut back my full-grown citrus trees just to make them 
smaller. I see people do that. Is that is that okay to do that? Absolutely, EJ. That's what we have to do with our groves. You know, if, if we didn't, you know, like the lemon trees, it'd be 30 feet tall. So we hedge them back. Now, the thing is, if you want to do major hedging, it's a little late in the season right now because the wind can burn. I mean, the sun can burn the wood. So you'd want to be careful not to cut them back so far right now as to burn the wood. If you cut them back far enough now so you still have foliage on the inside to protect the wood from the sun, it's okay. And if you butcher many more than that, you want to do something to protect the wood. You can paint them white or you can wrap them. But we're getting late in the season for that kind of major pruning. The best time of year to really fully reduce their size is next year, the first part of March. First part of March, okay. And then if you want to cut them in half that time of year, it's fine. Okay, cool. Hey, listen, one more question. Is there such thing as an interior nursery? There's a nursery out in surprise area i bought like about five plants from these guys and they don't grow they don't die (laughs) well no no, i don't i I don't you know there's a lot of difference in how plants are grown in different places ej we we bring in and grow plants you know we've got several hundred acres of nurseries here we actually grow plants in arizona but in the same thing we, we bring plants from florida and california and texas and hawaii and in all different kinds of places here. And there's a lot of different cultural ways that plants are grown. But, you know, for the most part, you know, most plants are going to be reasonably healthy when you buy them from any nursery. And uh, it's really kind of a more of a matter of how you're going to take care of them, you know, especially if you're buying a you know, diverse group of plants. So you want to uh, care for them properly when you plant them. It makes a big difference. And then it also makes a difference on the time of year when you plant certain varieties. You know, some things do really well planted now other things you should wait till fall so it depends on what you're what you're planning and you know a lot of that's a lot of the reason first i really love doing the show here but you know it's it's good information for us all having to share on what we plant one time what time of year different things and and that's why we're here every weekend for questions okay so I, I don't think that necessarily any nursery has, you know, all bad plants. I mean, there's there's difference in how they're grown, and it's going to make a difference in the plants. But, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be as big a difference as the time and the varieties that you plant. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's just ironic that I, I bought, like, four, five plants. They all, it's been there a year. They just don't grow. What kind of plants and, are they, Jay? Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you. I'm not a plant expert. The, the little the little things that look kind of like a pine cone type leaves, um, you see them all over the place. I, I couldn't tell you what they were. I'll tell you what yeah. you can do is you, if you like, you can send some photos into our website at Whitfield Nursery, and uh, we can get back to you and kind of give you more information. Okay. I all can right. do that. All right. Okay. Thanks, EJ. Thank Have a friend. nice weekend. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, uh, let's see. Next, we got Ronnie and Paula, but we've got time for a couple more calls. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven. KTR gives Julia a call. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams or your nightmares. Hi, Ronnie. I got a question. I got a little cherry tomato plant. I think just cranking on the tomatoes right now, but I may have to move it. Okay, because it's in a raised bed and the bottom falling out of the bed, and I got to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. What's are they, do they transplant well when they're... Well, if, you can, if, you, you know, if it's in a raised bed, you can get most of the soil. Sooner is going to be better than later. You know, most tomato plants have got about a month left, and they're going to kind of come to the heat anyway. So I'd either try to, you know, bandage up the bed, keep it, you know, keep it around for the next six weeks, or transplant it right away. Okay. 
But it's it's going to die in the summer no matter what. Well, I wouldn't say no matter what, but normally they do. I mean, that's what we expect out of tomatoes. They they can be, you know, you can keep them through the summer in an ideal location. And if you want to try and save this one, what you might want to do is take it out and put it in a large container, like a 15-gallon container. And that way you can move it into the shade later in the summer and maybe keep it for a longer period of time. But, you know, the norm for tomatoes is, uh, you know, well, historically it was planting them in February and keeping them through June. Uh, but there are certainly tomatoes that will make it through the summer at times. And the cherries and the smaller tomatoes tend to be the hardiest. So in the summertime, they need to shade most of the day? Or well, the it'll day, be or? better on an eastern exposure because it's still going to need some sun to produce tomatoes and bloom. So it needs some sun, but not mm-hmm. any hot afternoon sun. It's like under a tree or something? Get under a tree or something would be a, a good place. Great. All right. Thank you, sir. Good luck, Ronnie. Thanks. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. It looks like we're, well, we got to, we'll take one more caller and then, hi, Paula. Hi. I've got um, four five-year-old trees. I've got two in front that are elm trees that are doing perfectly fine. But the two in the back, the Arizona ash trees, they're growing fine, but I've noticed that there's some white, they look like eggs to me, uh, uh, eggs on the on both of those, their leaves, the underside of their leaves. Paula, they probably are insect eggs, but they're nothing to be concerned about. Uh, I'm going to put you Ooh. on hold, and I'll give you a little more information off the air if you like, but I, I wouldn't be concerned. The tree the tree is okay. growing fine and it has new growth, and there are different insects that will lay their eggs on ash trees, but they're not going to hurt the tree. Okay, good. Thanks, Paula. Bye-bye. And I got to say goodbye to everybody, folks. Appreciate all the calls today. And, uh, you know, let's go out and be kind, respectful, and love one another. It seems like it's trying for people these days, and and there's no reason for it. And, uh, you know, we we have to respect our children, learn from them, and love them. And uh, it's sad when we uh, are the bad influence. Let's go out and try to be a good influence on society and each other, love each other, and work together like a team. And hopefully our sons can today as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's their chance. I've never seen a series quite like this one. And and I feel for people that uh, have failure, you know, but it's through failure that we learn. We don't learn through all of our successes. So hopefully these failures that we're having are going to make us stronger. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Enjoy your weekend. And we're going to say goodbye from Sunny Slope. Uh, Julia and I.